Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We are once again joined by a Democratic presidential candidate, Ami Horowitz. Thank you so much for being here again. Second in a row. I know. I have more important things to do, you would think. <laughs> you got to rally. I guess I don't. You got to rally the uh, the moderate That's rep- right. Republicans. That's right. All right, Stu, what's the top story for you? Uh, did the Democrats misjudge the 2020 primary? Okay. Jason. Tensions with Iran continue to go up. I was, I think on this show, I was saying that we'll never go to war with Iran. I'm still holding to that, but I think that the trends are still moving in the direction where I think they're going. All right, Ami. Uh, mine is going on with the foreign policy theme is Russia and United States. Are we frenemies? Are we enemies? Mm. Are we, what are we exactly? What does the news portray us to be? You're going to get this guy going. We're going to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to get this. Stu and I might as well just sit back and yeah. take off the rest of the show and let you guys. On vacation later in the week. You guys just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go early. Uh, a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Um, so I used to be a lot larger than I am today. Um, that's me, what, 12 years ago? And, uh, I don't like that you're brandishing a firearm. <laughs> or do you feel triggered? I'm very nervous. <laughs> uh, it was 12 years ago, 100 pounds ago. Um, so I know the struggle of weight loss, and I know the feeling that you're just never going to get to your ultimate goal. You're, like, eating lettuce all day, and it's just very sad and depressing, and you still are just never going to lose all of the weight. Lettuce uh, is depressing. That's true. That's confirmed. <laughs> Scientifically, is it? it depresses people. <laughs> Except that rabbits. Is, that's not true. No, no, it is. It is. <laughs> Typical Democrat right here. <laughs> so if you are struggling to lose the extra pounds, um, I use Ridizone to maintain, and there are a lot of you out there who have used it to lose the weight, to keep the weight off. It's working for those of you out there. It's working for me. Try it if you haven't already. You can go to R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com, enter promo code TheBlaze, and you will get 30% off of a three-month supply. Now is the time. It's May. You want to get that beach bod that you're waiting for, go to RidiaZone.com. All right, Stu, you said that the left, they just, they misread the 2020 election. Yeah, and I think it relates to Ami mania as uh, Ami's joined the race here. Uh, <laughs> I, I really do think it is part part of this. Um, it's it's interesting. Steve Bullock has got in the race, and I know everyone was waiting for the day that that happened. Steve, Steve Bullock? Uh, he is the uh, He's a governor of Congress person from Puerto Rico. It's that or yes, yeah, close. Just pre- yeah. yeah, I was going to say just pretend, pretend like I wouldn't know. Governor of Montana, <laughs> which I guess would be twenty-four, including Ami here. So twenty-four candidates uh, in the race and, and announced, and um, it's it's interesting to see how it's played out. You know, we went through how many months of thinking this is a race as to who will be the most socialist. Whoever can be the most socialist will get all the activists behind them um, and they will win the race because they're going to be promising the most and the biggest programs. And it's hard to get to the left of Bernie Sanders when you vacation and honeymoon and the Soviet Union. It's hard to get to that person's left. Um, and that's been kind of the discussion for a long time. We, how much attention does AOC get? I mean, it's a, as opposed to her actual impact. I mean, it's a huge difference there. Um, and I think, you know, what we're seeing in the Democratic primary, and probably most specifically with, with Joe Biden, is that there's a large group of Democrats who are thinking to themselves, maybe I don't want to be Cuba. Maybe I don't want to be Venezuela. Maybe that's not the right direction for us to go in. Um, and it's interesting to see not only he, how he's come into the race and he's done pretty much nothing. Right. I mean, he's come into the race. All of the news about Joe Biden was before he started running. You know, he's sniffing people's hair and such. Uh, he, he announced the race. He kind of came out and did this uh, you know, campaign video. And then just started leading by 30 points. And it's like he hasn't, he's seemingly not done any big policy proposals. He hasn't done a ton of big interviews. I think he did The View and maybe one or two others, but it's been very low key. Oh, that's hard hitting. Right. I mean, very low key. This has not been a big spectacle of an announcement. He's just been sitting back and he's thinking, look, uh, he is obviously has the big uh, name recognition. He obviously has the, you know, there's certain advantages of coming off and being a vice president. He's going to get a lot of money and there's a lot of that, fa- that factoring in. But I think the other thing is that people are looking at this field. They don't know Ami yet, so they haven't, they haven't gotten to that point yet. That's going to happen on the debate stage, as we know, in just a, in just a few months. Um, but they, they are looking for someone who just doesn't want, say that they're basically a socialist. And, you know, there are very few candidates who are running on the, I would say, sane side of the Democratic Party. Someone who's at least announced themselves as considering themselves as moderate. Someone who, I mean, Joe Biden came out and said in a speech before he announced again um, that he was considering, he wanted to do free community college for all. 
Like, that's now some right-wing position in the Democratic Party. He's giving away all community colleges uh, for free. And that's a right- 500 bucks a semester. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot, right? And he said even before that, I think he'd clarified before even he said that, was that he wanted 16 years, I believe, of uh, of free education. So he added in, like, free pre-K. He also added in two or four years of after- High school education. He's no moderate. No, right? he's not, and that's true. I think that's what a lot of people need. To, he's not a moderate. He's he, the one thing I think he's done very intelligently so far is let people believe he's a moderate, mm. and that is a that's not a bad place for Joe Biden to live because he's very progressive. People when they come after him and it gets down to two two candidates, if he happens to be one of them, and there's one from more of the socialist wing. He's going to be able to give pretty good answers to even Democratic voters and the American people about about being progressive. I mean, he's got a great, uh, if you like progressives, he's got a long record of being very progressive. He could tell you about all the big things he's going to propose. He'll, he might not go as far as Bernie Sanders, but he'll go pretty far. And I think for the average voter in Iowa and you know, even you know, New Hampshire and South Carolina and Nevada, they don't want Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That is her district. And Nancy Pelosi tried to make this point. You know, there's like five people in this movement and they're in districts where a cup of water can win as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And she's right on that. You know, you want to define this party by as the party of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you are going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with that. I'd much rather have an Ami Horowitz uh, as, as their candidate. I, you know, we'll see if that happens. Uh, we'll, once the debate happens, I think it'll be a, a fun discussion. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's one of those things where I think Democrats looked at this as how do I get on to the left? Uh, even to the left of everybody else. And it's like, well, every senator running became a, a co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. And now they're stuck there. And Joe Biden can come out and say, I want to do this, 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 and this on the environment. But the Green New Deal, this, these couple of crazy parts I'm not on. And he's he's going to look like the same one. He's got a, and he's got a lot of street cred for those that actually care about the environment. I think, wasn't he the first one to propose a bill, uh, the first ever climate bill, I think, back in 86? I think that was a Joe Biden thing. Um, he was the one that st- helped start the Paris Climate Accords. He's got a lot of street cred there. Yeah. Although, although AOC, AOC still attacked him viciously yeah. Yeah. on his record for on, on climate change. Look, it's so interesting that um, you know he was looked at. You know, he's looked at as, as the moderate. Yet instead of choosing that lane and saying, "Yeah, I am the moderate. I am the adult in the room," he has moved left. Mm. So I think he's dancing to the tune of the rest of the radicals in that party, instead of saying which would the obvious move would have been like, no, 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 I'm the moderate here, and I will take moderate positions, he hasn't done that, which I find it fascinating, yeah. considering he's had such a large lead. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, listen, Joe Biden, I, I don't agree with you guys to this sense. I think Joe Biden in the 90s was a moderate. I think Joe Biden today simply is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether Who's the real Biden? Who knows? And it doesn't really matter. All that matters where you are today and what your policies are. But, uh, yeah, the, the, again, the, we talked about, you know, yesterday, but the they, they, they have moved the, the political physics so radically to the left that the center of gravity has moved so far to the left that even Joe Biden, who has this huge lead, has still decided, I'm going to go in that same direction. Yeah, that, yeah, that is a great point because, um, Stu, I, I completely agree that he's, he's trying to like, quietly leave open, you know, I'm, I'm the moderate. But then on the other hand, he's giving speeches and he's saying I'm the most progressive person running. So it's like yeah. he's trying to balance both and cater to whoever his audience is and let them believe whatever will help him in the long run. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think he's almost trying to be a moderate in tone. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is it's like he's not his policy pers- proposals are not moderate. And, and I mean, unless this is the Soviet Union, I guess they probably be moderate in the Soviet <laughs> Union. Uh, but here they are not moderate proposals. But he's just he's staying back. He's not getting in screaming matches. He's he's generally speaking, been soft spoken. And, let you know, when it comes to him you know, versus Trump, if he actually wins the nomination, it's going to be a lot of fighting. And that's going to be a totally different Joe Biden. But for right now, I think he says, look, I've got a giant lead. I can sit back. I, I want he wants moderate voters to think he's moderate. He wants progressive voters to think he's progressive. And he's had such a long record, he can kind of argue both are true, uh, which is, is it's, an, it's, it's, an, it's certainly an advantage for him uh, to be in that position. Now, look, Joe Biden is known for screwing things up. So I, I think there's a good chance he blows this and, and, and blows this 30-point lead. That can evaporate with, with one or two bad days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, this is not going to be static, a 30-point lead for Joe Biden. It's going to change dramatically in the, in, in the coming months. And there's still, what, almost a year until they're voting on anything. So. Um, before we move on to foreign relations, I feel like this is a good time for uh, Ami, for you to plug your, your campaign, AmiForAmerica.org. Or .com or .net, but okay. AmiForAmerica.com.org, that's right. All it takes to see me 
eviscerate my opponents <laughs> on the debate stage is one dollar. One dollar, send me a dollar. 65,000 individuals send me a dollar. And by the way, we just announced that we're not, we hit about 15,000 individual donors wow. the first week. Great. So we are well on our way. You're going to get this. That one dollar <laughs> greatest television you will see that year. We will make Game of Thrones <laughs> sad and pathetic compared to what kind of, I'm going to, the, the fire will come out of my mouth. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We'll destroy that stage. And I do want to clarify, you are an open uh, capitalist. Yes, I will uh, not run away from that term. Okay, that's, it's hard un, for people in your party to say these capitalist. days. Okay, good. Yes. All right, just want to clarify that. All right, Jason. Um, so, what was this on Monday? I, I believe we were we were talking about Iran, and I was pretty adamant. I, I do not think we're going to war with Iran. I, I think that uh, the, the 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 leak that came out that there was what 127,000 troops that were you know being reviewed you know to be deployed. In my opinion, that was a pretty ridiculous leak that that, that even gets out. First off, th those plans are, are talked about and reviewed a lot. Uh, as a U.S. Marine, I've, I've uh, personally been involved with, I think, about five mock invasions of undisclosed countries. So these happen a lot. The fact that that leaked out at that point was the equivalent of John Bolton, you know, getting photographed with a notepad that said 5,000 troops to Colombia. Very, very similar. Um, there's a very, uh, right now, I can, I can pretty much nail down the Trump doctrine. Trump doctrine, as of now, says, first thing you do to a country, whether it's North Korea, Iran, or whatever, is you would try to intimidate the heck out of them. That doesn't work. Then you make it appear like you're willing to use uh, military force. He did that with deploying up to, I think, three carrier battle groups at one point towards uh, uh, North Korea. Um, now we've moved another one over there. Third, if th those two options, one and two, don't work, then you forget all that other stuff and you go with economic sanctions. I think that's probably what he's going to do. Now, the, the, the threats that just came out, uh, there was over the weekend, there was uh, four uh, oil tankers that were sabotaged uh, near the per Persian Gulf. And just yesterday, yes yeah, just yesterday, there was a, uh, a drone attack from Houthi rebels from Yemen uh, on a Saudi pipeline. Um, this is pretty much what I expected. The intelligence that said that there was going to be some kind of a threat to U.S. or U.S. interests in the area, um, a lot of people meant that they thought this was, you know, pre, you know, prelude to, you know, to all-out war. This is what Iran always does. This is what we, and we usually typically have a response to that if we have forces in the area. They always attack us asymmetrically with Shiite, you know, uh, militias, Hezbollah, um, any other, pick the other 5,000 Shiite militias that are in the area now operating for them. And they attack us, they, our, our allies, our interests. They, they do multiple different things. Uh, several months ago, they, uh, a Shiite militia in Baghdad launched a few mortars and it hit near the U.S. embassy. The report that was that John Bolton wanted to do an airstrike into Iran, and then Mattis kind of talked him down off of that. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, these things happen. Now, I think that we're responding exactly how we're supposed to respond. We put forces in the area to say, look, if, if you ramp up escalation with the way you usually attack us, we're going to respond. This is how it's, that's how it's done with them. They're going to continue to operate that way. We're not going to war with 127,000 troops. That's stupid, and everybody surrounding Trump and Bolton right now are telling him the same thing. Ami, you want to weigh in? Yeah, I mean, it's such a, such a story about nothing. I mean, he would be derelict of duty if we didn't have plans yes. for every kind of contingency across the world on what we would do, particularly Iran, yeah. which is an enemy of our, of, our, of our country. It's so silly. And by the way, the 120,000 was, wasn't about a, a ground attack. That was just about kind of using airstrikes right. and containing them. Um, I mean, it, it's, it would be, it's ridiculous that this is a story at all. And I know that the, my opponents and the Democratic um, campaign trail are trying to use as an example of this is a warmonger, we're going to war. I mean, I don't even see an example of that that they can point to at all, except for Syria, where we actually eviscerated uh, ISIS. So it, the whole thing is silly. Iran is an enemy of ours. They continue to be an enemy of ours. Now, I want to be clear about Iran. It's, it's the people of Iran themselves are actually among the most moderate people in the Middle East. Mm. Uh, they're, they're not anti-Israel, they're for the most part not anti-American, what you have is a very hardcore leadership. And listen, obviously the best case of all scenarios would be, and when the Green Revolution was taking place, of course we let them wither and die, and the president did nothing to help them out. So the best of all scenarios would be uh, a, a flip in, 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 administration, in, in leadership there. And, and I think that's still possible, but it's nothing that we can count on. It's, since been 1979, it's a long time. They're still there, so we have to have contingencies on what to do in case they strike us. Because they just did, you know, through a proxy attacking one of our allies, the Saudis, 
Uh, and, and those teenagers that you mentioned who, with the drone attacks, uh, they're continuously attacking our interests and our friends and sometimes ourselves. And we need to have plans on how to counter that. We, do, we don't have to attack them. Like just before that Green Revolution, 2008-ish, is that what it was? That we, they were on the verge of getting there themselves at that point. And then we started negotiations for the Iran deal with the JCPOA. At this point, it's just like in Venezuela. We don't have to invade. We don't have to. Economic sanctions are in place. Diplomatically and politically, everything is, real, is pushing down on those regimes. We don't have to send in 100,000 troops or 5,000 troops to Colombia. Let nature take its course. The people there and the people of Iran are extremely smart. They've been that way for thousands of years. They will take care of this on their own. We don't have to inject ourselves any further to, to, you know, to push it along. Yeah, and I, just, I would just add that you know, like the, some of these leaks, I think I agree with you guys that like, who knows if these things are true. We don't know. But we do know that there are assets moving to that region. We do know that they are evacuating embassies, in, in, uh, at least partially, in Iraq. That was the new one today. Uh, and yeah, that's, a yeah. big, that's a big deal, too. I mean, it's definitely escalating. I think we've learned uh, over this, you know, and we've learned watching American history, but also just with the Trump administration, that a lot of times the talk is very, very big on these things. I don't think Trump, Trump is not a guy who wants to go to war. He's, that's not him at all. There's no evidence. He, he was a very much an anti-war guy I mean, you know, against the Iraq war famously. You know, this is not a guy who is passionate about going to war. I think he wants to avoid it. I mean, the way we moved out of Syria, with not, not completely, but largely, um, you know, was a, a move, I think, to avoid that. I think he doesn't want to be in, interna- he wasn't be in those international conflicts if he can help it. But he does want to show that, look, peace through strength. Like, mm-hmm. this is something that we can accomplish, but we, have to, we can't just fold every time these dictators do something to us. So, I mean, it still very much remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, as of right now, I think I agree with you that I don't, I don't think we're going to war with Iran. But it's, I don't like that these things are escalating. Hopefully they, they, get, they come back down to, to earth a little bit. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. The North Korea, if he follows that doctrine, that is, he's just going to be like, hey, buddy, I love this guy. Before we get to Russia, we want to thank our sponsor, who apparently thought it would be a good idea to take Stu on a cruise. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to go on a cruise with me? Uh-huh. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, Sarah doesn't want to go, but if you want to go. No. <laughs> I do, yeah. yeah, yeah I, know. I do, do. want to go. <laughs> I do actually want to go on the cruise. I just don't really care whether or not Stu's there. Wow. That's, I mean, it's <laughs> certainly hurtful if that's what you're going for. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great. This is going to be amazing. Cruising through history. Uh, it's something that Glenn kind of helped design this entire trip where we're going to uh, Israel as part of it, uh, Greece, Italy, uh, Croatia. Uh, I'm not leaving anything out. Uh, yeah, I think you're starting in uh, Venice. I mean, come on, this is going to be freaking amazing. And going back through the history of commerce and the history of faith and the history of, I mean, this is Is like. Is Indiana Jones leading this cruise? (laughs) That's a good addition. Maybe we'll invite Harrison along. Um, No, it's going to be pretty, it's going to be a really cool trip. And as you know, I'm, I'm what is known to quote Jim Gaffigan as indoorsy. Uh, so I don't like to necessarily do anything outside uh, or go anywhere. Um, but I'm making an exception for this. I mean, this is going to be a pretty amazing trip. And it's going to be uh, David Barton's going to be there as well. Rabbi Lappin's going to be there. Glenn mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly's going to be there. Uh, of course, me. Plus, the real attraction, lots of Italian food. Yes. So I'm very excited. Me, gravitas. Yes. Like a presidential candidate. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good recommendation. <laughs> so if you guys want to learn more about this cruise, you can <laughs> go to... primary season. Come... You'd be like you'd leaving for several that's weeks. Totally cool. So, no, no, okay. that's totally cool. Okay, that's fine. ComeSailAway.com uh, for all of the details. That is ComeSailAway.com. All right, Russia. Are we frenemies? What's going on here, Ami? So this is a story that's less about the relationship between Russia and the United States and more about how the press covers that relationship. So recently Pompeo met with uh, Sergei Lavrov, his opposite number in uh, in Russia, and they discussed things that they agree on, discussed they disagree things on, and Venezuela, Iran, so forth and so on. That's fine, no huge amount of news there, except it kind of reminded me of this whole idea of fake news. And what does fake news actually mean, right? So what's an example of fake news? So fake news, for example, when I did a video about Sweden that hit the headlines, and New York Times a front page story about this video that I did because it created a whole lot of controversy. And what do they do? So my argument in this video was, hey, uh, Islamic immigration into Sweden, massive amount of Islamic immigration, has increased the rates of murder and rape, specifically those two metrics. Mm-hmm. What does the New York Times do? Their article is, he's wrong because criminologists say crime is down. Mm. Nothing to do with my argument. Mm-hmm. I was making a specific mm-hmm. argument, but they make a straw man argument on the front page of the New York Times. 
Never mind at the end of the article, they said, we asked Omni Horse for comment. They never got back to us, which is a total and complete lie. They never got to me. Yeah. Okay, so when, when, when coming back to Russia and the United States, what do we have? So you see on the front page of the New York Times and CNN saying that we've got this weird relationship in Russia and, and the, our president is the most pro-Russia president we've ever had. Like that's, like the, that's the headline every time they mention the president and Russia. And the reality is, is so far from where they, how they've been painting this. In fact, I would argue that, that, that rhetoric aside, and rhetoric is important, and, the, and it bothers me that the president has this weird kind of affinity toward Putin yeah. when he speaks. I don't like it. I didn't like it when he did it with, with Kim Jong-un. I don't like it when he does it with Putin. But in reality, if you look at what he's done, the actions he has taken, mm -hmm. okay? For example, he armed the Croatia. Uh, he armed the Croatians. I'm going back yes, to, to, to the cruise. He armed the Ukrainians, yeah. which President Obama never did. Right? Mm -hmm. The 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 what we've done in Venezuela, in Israel, in Iran, Syria. in Syria, yeah. have all gone against the expressed uh, the expressed point of view and expressed policy of Russia. And maybe the biggest of all of them, frankly, is the fact that what is Russia's most important source of revenue? Oil. Mm. Oil, natural gas. It is, it is a total, their economy is totally based on the, petro, on the petrodollar. And, and what is the president doing? He's increasing fracking, increasing energy independence to drive down the price of oil, harming Russia. So the truth is, and this goes back to the idea of, that they, this is idea of fake news, what fake news really is. It's not they're making up stories out of nowhere. They're taking stories and they're just putting their own spin on it, which is wrong. And this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Jason, we got about a minute left. You want to chime in on this? I absolutely agree. Uh, if you just look at policy, what he's done, I mean, how many people has he persona non grata uh, and kicked out? Uh, he's, he's closed multiple uh, diplomatic facilities. Uh, thinking after the, was the Scripple uh, chemical attack, um, the things that he has done are not pro-Russia at all. Yeah. Um, and w another thing that I would like to say is, just really quick, is it doesn't matter, like every president has been, has wanted to be close to Russia. Every single one of them since FDR and none of them have been successful. And it's never going to be successful. It's not in Russia's nature uh, to be friendly with the West. I'm sorry to say that, it's not pessimistic, it's never going to happen. So no matter, even if Trump wanted to be close to Russia, if he really, really wanted to, and a lot of them have really, really wanted to, Hillary Clinton pressed the reset button with them for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, it'll never happen. Last yeah. word. Quickly, I think you're right. I mean, rhetoric is important. It's just, I don't think it's important with Trump. I think what he says is not necessarily material to the conversation because as he admits, he's always negotiating. So just look at what he does. And with Russia, he's been very strong against Russia. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, back in a minute. Yet you still see the stupid memes on the internet. It's like, oh, Trump's in Well, I would like to bring a, a top story to the table mm -hmm. for everyone. It is our very own Jason Buttrell's birthday. Whoa! Oh, you yay. totally spun that. Nice. Uh, nice. 81. <laughs> no, actually, that's not true. Um, and so we, here's the cake here, and then we'll, we'll discuss his age. Oh my gosh, you guys are awesome. 80% oh, of the cameras are So we found out it is um, Jason's 58th birthday. Oh, so we awesome. have a, a, a picture to commemorate that. Um, you don't so look great happy, for 58, but you don't look terrible. For happy, happy 58th birthday to you, oh, Jason. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate it. And I, I, I did make it a point when I heard that it was your birthday. I did make it a point to not bring it up at all. So I, just to like throw you off, and it totally killed me did. because I saw you earlier today, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I want to say happy birthday. You're no hitter. You don't mention it until yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I done. No one cared. That's why I was just so downtrodden. Wait, wait, because isn't today the the anniversary of the Israel uh, trip? So you were in Israel last year for your birthday. That's, yes. We sent you into the Middle East for your birthday. Yep. You're welcome. That's, That's what you guys so usually do to me. Sounds about right. Something dangerous going on, Jason. Go. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Well, um, we're very appreciative of all of the the work that you do here and uh, you know filling in on the show. You are like our right-hand man for that. Um, what is this? I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> I, I, I do not sign on to any of these statements. You haven't done jack for me. <laughs> and we just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. Um, I'm not going to eat any of that cake. I just want you to know. Oh, you will. So oh, that, I'll make that's sure it happens. all you. Uh, happy birthday, and Thank overtime you. starts next. <laughs>
Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So Glenn uh, and Tanya founded this company because they had, you know, he's in radio. Stu, you know this. You're in radio. You yes. move all the time. All the time. That's and, part of your life. And you don't know, you know, you going to the city that you're going to, you have no idea anything about it. You don't know the good places to live for your family. Mm-hmm. You don't know if you're going to be living next to, like, a drug dealer. Yes. Uh, and I will say, too, it's also usually panicked moves um, <laughs> in both ways. You're usually getting fired from some city, and then you're <laughs> going to look for a place, and you can't, you have, like, a week to get there. So you have to, like, buy and sell a house all on the fly. Uh, this would be perfect for that. I think that's the mindset that got Glenn to do this because, I mean, now we're at least sort of stable here in Texas and it doesn't seem like we're going anywhere for a while. But they had, um, uh, when he, we were in New York, uh, Glenn had to move and was trying to sell his house. And I don't know if you were around for that, Jason. That's probably before you. But it was I mean, it was on his mind all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know that's that can happen. I mean, if, if, if you can't sell your house and you're, you're holding two mortgages or, or you're just not, you're looking at offers that are not, you know, as good as they should be, a lot of times that's because your real estate agent is more focused on promoting themselves instead of your house. Yeah. And that's one of the things they look for at realestateagentsitrust.com. So they vet, their team vets all of these real estate agents and um, they're all over the country. So you can find one where you are located or where you're going. And they've already vetted the real estate agents to know that this is what they do full time. Uh, it's not just like a part time like Jason's plumber <laughs> who handed him his, his plumber card and it also had his real estate license number yeah, like on it. MLS, what is that for? Is that <laughs> also a real estate agent. <laughs> Supreme Court lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that would kind of be impressive. Yeah, that would be impressive. <laughs> but um, so you don't have to do the research. They've already done it. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, Alabama. Lawmakers in Alabama have basically effectively banned abortion. Um, Jason, I know you were really excited about this story. Super excited. Um, super duper excited. He said he was he was getting in uh, all the Twitter wars with all the well, people okay, about so this it. This is what's interesting about it. So if you don't know, it basically, it pretty much bans all abortion unless I think there's some medical, uh, you know, issues, you know, for the, for the mother. Life of the mother. Life, Life of the, the mother. thing, yeah. Um, which I personally think is great. Um, the Twitter wars started because this is not only among pro-lifers, uh, it's, it's, it's very... I guess polarizing within the the pro life uh, you know s- s- sides of this coin, because there is the issue of rape, there is the issue of, of incest, um, and in my view, and where I was getting ish- uh, you know getting some flack for this was like look, it, it's, rape and, and incest is, is awful. That, that's my it's it's it's, a, it's it's awful, and it's very hard to, to talk to talk around you know this this uh, these circumstances, but. Circumstance shouldn't determine whether you believe that is a live human being growing inside that mother. Circumstance does not change that, no matter how you look at it. And if you are pro-life, regardless, then you cannot waver on that. There is no wavering on that. We've wavered on it before, and now look where we're at now. Now we're at to the point to where they're looking to kill babies not only when they're in the womb, but when they're outside the womb, which is absolutely insane. And that is where they, where um, I think, where a lot of this backlash is coming from now. There's like how many states now? Was it? Did I see like it was like over? I think it's, there's seven that have done. Uh, I think the heartbeat bill, uh, but there's more than that that have li- tried to limit it further in, in other places. For every action, there's a there's an equal and opposite reaction, and that's what they're reaping right now. There's All right, have some cake. Cake, now. by the way, is delicious. <laughs> is it? As you were talking about rape and incest, I'm like, this cake's really good. <laughs> You know, the, the, yeah. the authors of that bill in Alabama are the state legislators in New York oh my and other God. places. Our clip said, is amazing. You're totally right. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. Okay, now I really <laughs> have more to say. <laughs> but th- those are the ones who are the authors of the bill. Because this is really a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've gone, but now I see, and this is all part of the problem, that I, the reason why I'm running, mm-hmm. that we've, we've become, we're, we've polarized the issue. We've gone so far to each extreme that this is not where the majority of the country sits. The majority of the country does not believe that all abortions should be banned. The majority of the country does not believe that late-term abortions should be happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that you have to also be able to, which we cannot do, understand the other perspective. Mm-hmm. If you believe that, the, the, that aborting 
um, a fetus at any stage is taking a life, then you really have to understand that perspective of that guy saying, I get why you would want to stop abortion. Yeah. It's not anti-woman, mm -hmm. it's not about my, but it's about what I believe life is. And you have to understand that. And also on the, from the, you know, the, the other side of the coin is you have to look at somebody and say, look, I get why you want to have abortion mm -hmm. legal. Mm -hmm. and as long as you're not an extremist on the issue, I get why you'd want that. Now we have to see if it's possible for us to meet somewhere in the middle, if, and sometimes it's not. But at least having the understanding, and then you can have a political battle. But without get, seeing the other side, we get nowhere. All we have is division, and we get these two extreme policies, which I don't think either one are helpful to the debate or to the country. Do you also think that um, it's not mainstream to think that abortion is something that should just be, I mean, you've got a certain section of your party who's just saying we should just be celebrating abortion. Let's talk about it in everyday conversation. Let's shout our abortions. Let's, you know, let's make sure everyone knows. Let's brag about how many abortions we've had. And I mean, I would, I would hope that that's not, you know, what people think that it should be just something that we talk about and openly and proudly. Um, but they make it sound like, it's not. Women should think that. It's not. I mean, you know, I remember I, had, I was on a podcast with Glenn, and he was telling me a story about Seattle. Some woman was saying, oh, you know, I love Seattle. My best abortion happened here. So really what yes. she said somewhere. Yes, yes. And, and, and no, we don't want to be in a situation where, the, like in Russia, abortion is birth control. That's literally, women have dozens of abortions. It's mm -hmm. incredible. Um, no, and I think the vast majority of the country, and the majority of Democrats, don't believe that. They do believe it's a private issue, it's an important issue. I, don't, I think most of them, even Democrats, don't take the decision lightly or flippantly. That They have to think about it. But I, So I, again, I think that it highlights the extremist positions mm -hmm. on one side. Um, and no, it's, of course, it's, it's something that no matter how you feel about abortion, if you're, even if you're like me, where you kind of feel like, you know, I can live with Roe v. Wade, um, you know that it's a serious issue that one needs to take with, with, with gravity. And by the way, is there a problem? I don't, I, I don't get... Is there a problem with going to an abortion doctor and the doctor saying, you know, you have other options? Right. What's the, pro what's the problem with that? Yeah. To sit them down and say, you know what, you could take it to full term and you give her adoption. Mm -hmm. and I, don't, I don't see, again, it's an extreme. Here are some position. adoption agencies in the area that yes. you can research yes. if you'd like. How is that a problem? I don't get that. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the conversation a lot of times just doesn't make any sense at all. You know, I mean, I, you know, I am definitely coming from the pro-life perspective. We kind of talked about it the other day a little bit. Um, you know, when it comes to a bill like this, I think, you know, we, I feel like the guy from the Tides Foundation around Obamacare when he was just like, you know, this is, uh, people say this is a Trojan horse for single payer. Well, it, it's not a Trojan horse. I'm telling you, it's right there. And that's what I'm trying to do. And that's, you know, look, I'm, that's where I am. I would like, I would like it to be, I, I very well, I would actually probably take willingly the uh, label of extremist on this particular issue. I, I really just don't want it to happen at all. And I can, you know, I have certain full respect for Ami and Andrew and, and, and many others we've talked to that, that don't agree with that. I mean, I think that conversation's important. Mm -hmm. I think if you are a pro-life person, it's an interesting um, debate because it, different, as, different aspects are... I mean, this is really difficult stuff, and I think we should all acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to, uh, for, to me, life of the mother is the best argument uh, for uh, for abortion in any in any case. Rape and incest is an interesting one because there you're not you're not making an argument about life. You're making an argument about the the circumstances of conception, mm -hmm. and like that is a totally different thing. Like I, you know, if you. Like, if you're at a point, like Andrew made the point um, when he was on the other day that his line was a cognitive ability, right? Not heartbeat, not, uh, not uh, viability, but a cognitive ability, which kind of lies in between those two places. And he kind of put it at about the first term, which is roughly where Roe versus Wade allowed everything, right? There was restrictions in the second term and third term it was, you could actually ban it. Um, so that line is, is, is kind of an interesting or you're looking at me like I'm Cog insane. So wait, I'm just trying to understand. So he said cognitive ability goes yeah. into determining how alive they are? Which, by the way, which my, is absolutely my, ridiculous. Yes. My teachers told me I didn't have that until I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> so you, wow. Your mom had a little more flexibility so, there. So, so then, and that's a, such a slippery slope. So then we can start gauging how, much, like, how many rights people have based on how smart that's they like, are. That's how like health of the mother. What does health of the mother so, mean? But cognitive. Psychological. I mean, right, exactly. health of the mother is so broad. So broad. They basically say you can do it anytime you want. For yeah, and that's why I think, you know, like, I mean, in the, the same thing comes in at the end of life, right? And I think that's probably part of his reasoning in that, like, you know, okay, when, when you lose cognitive abilities later in life, we make different decisions. I don't necessarily agree with that either, but, there, but, but I think that's where he's coming from. And you should look at him with, those, uh, with that uh, scary view uh, <laughs> next time he's on, because that's actually his point I'm recounting. Uh, but, I mean, I think that that's, it's very true that the circumstances of the conception do not uh, dictate the value of the life. And I think that, that 
because I feel it's so hard to be able to say to a woman, hey, you just had this terrible thing happen to you. Let's extend it for another nine months or so. That is an impossibly terrible thing. And I think a lot of times conservatives are, are at fault for coming in and saying, you know what? Look, just have the baby and give it up to adoption. Yes. It's not that easy. That is a horrific experience. But we also have to look at the other side of it. Like if we're going to have two horrible things here, um, you know, we have to look at which one's even worse. Uh, the, the rape happens whether the rape happened or not. Um, the child does not have to die. We can still save the child. We can make it a situation where there's one terrible victim and not two. And I, I feel like it's a tough line. I think the the, the very uh, central pro-life position, I would say, does not include um, what we're talking about here, Jason, would, would, would include exceptions for rape, incest, life of the mother for sure, and probably health for the mother if it's not abused, which it oftentimes yeah. is. Um, so, you know, George W. Bush's position was, look, you know, health, uh, rape and incest exceptions. It's very standard, I think, for the pro-life movement. I mean, I've just, as I've examined myself on it and, and, and done a lot of interest, introspection, I just, I can't get across that line. I, I know I'm not, I, I am absolutely an extremist on this particular issue, but I, I do feel like I'm just trying to be morally consistent. And I like hearing views from people, smart people like Ami, like, like Andrew, who disagree with me on it, because it helps me challenge myself and make sure I'm in the right position. I think if we could all kind of look at these debates a little bit more like that, it would be a lot healthier. This is so hard for me not to, I'm a very compromising person. So I, I, it's easy for me to Are see you? both sides. Yeah, I can see both sides. Like even today on this issue, I was having a very casual conversation with it. I mean, you but, gave him the death stare. Well, that was more because I just didn't understand. Like, never mind. We'll get out of the cover. Cake, <laughs> delicious, delicious. Birthday. Really good. Very good. Um, but to me, it's so baseline. When I have a hard time understanding something, I go to the for the core fundamental of the principle or value. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's so easy for me to be a very hardcore conservative because I'll just go all the way, you know, as, as far to conservative principles and values that I can, and I'll just stick to that. So that way I know that all these other things that even sound enticing, no, they're not right because I know what my principles are. Check it are. against your principles. Exactly. Right. Now, my core fundamental principle on that is that that is a human being and it's a life. Mm-hmm. I check that in my mind. I can't change those two things. So then no matter what other circumstance happens, no matter how awful and horrible it is, it will never change the fact that it's alive and that it's a human being. Mm-hmm. It's not an insignificant non-life, and it's not going to pop out as a soda can. Yeah. You will never be able to change that regardless how you try to and, manipulate the science of it. And I will say, you know, and I agree with you, but I think you guys would probably be on the same page here with, you know, um, from Ami's perspective, I would love to just meet in the middle at this point in time. Well, this like point wherever, in time. wherever we yeah. can find common ground and say... Okay, can we all just agree that late-term abortions are terrible and infanticide should not happen? Can we just agree on that piece right there for right now Um, and and work our way to making more progress in common ground? Because, you know, it's like as conservatives, we dig our heels in on this particular issue so much that we don't make any progress. And, you know, just as the left has come out and said, you know, well, we're not going to support this infanticide bill because we just, we're not, we've already talked about it and we're not going to do it. They dig their heels in. And then this, like you were saying before, then this uh, abortion law is made in Alabama. And it's like, we're, we're going to start outdoing each other in the extremism. And I don't want the left to go any further than they've already <laughs> okay. gone. They've already gone to the end. <laughs> well, they're just going to start murdering our, our alive children. <laughs> 12 year olds. Yeah. So you know how we solve this whole, this whole problem. President Ami Horowitz. That's right. That's, that's, that's a great totally point. Fine. That's a great point. Ami that's all you got to do. AmiForAmerica.org. That's all you got to do. I, I, I'll say, like, you know, um, speaking to your point, which I think it's completely right. I mean, every single pro-choice person that I know is well to the to the right of the debate we're having mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andrew was talking about this, and you were going off on him, uh, and, I, you know, we, we had a long uh, conversation about Maybe it Maybe pro-choice well. person you know is to the right? Uh, right of this debate uh, that I know. I'm not talking about people like uh, in, in Washington, but, like, you're way to the right of where the debate is occurring. Right. The debate is, seems to be occurring in the third trimester mm-hmm. where we're, we're trying to, you know, can you have a right? What if the baby's born right and you don't really birth. want it? Do you just kind of leave it there? Yeah. Like, these sorts of things are, like, so far out there. Um, you know, and for example, the you know uh, Andrew mentioned his line was cognitive abilities. He said around first trimester. 
which is polling shows is the standard position. I mean, abortion in the second and third trimester are, is enormously unpopular. Mm-hmm. I mean, 84 percent of people oppose it in the third trimester. It is not a borderline policy at all. But even among Democrats, even yes. among Democrats, it's 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 a totally overwhelming one sided event. I, I um, just I just like to say also, if you base it off cognitive ability, and someone was <laughs> a vegetarian, he's, he's not here. He's not here. Literally shoot that person in the head in he's the hospital. Not here. Okay, I just like to point that out. He's not. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> my my point is that Republicans. And in, in, in the Alabama law is a little bit of an exception here. There's a few around the country. But the typical Republican position right now is trying to ban abortion at 20 weeks. That is the central Republican position, yeah. which is before viability, mm-hmm. um, you know, right at viability. Right, The lines have moved from about 24 weeks now because that's what it was in Roe yes. versus Wade. They said 24. It's really moved to 22 now. Uh, it's going to be 20 soon. And hopefully I mean, the Supreme Court is based on science. If science moves, that's, right. that's the it's way it's supposed to move. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that is, I think, the biggest problem here is that like like I would say if you actually had a 20 uh, week ban on abortion, um, most people in America who aren't arguing from a slippery slope sort of position would be completely for that. But the debate's gotten out of control to this point. This is from The Washington Post today. This is a real sentence I want to reach you guys. 16 states have passed or are working to pass bans on abortion after a doctor can detect what they call a fetal heartbeat in the womb. What the hell would you call it? <laughs> what they call a fetal heartbeat? It's not a drummer. There's not the blue man group is not in there playing drums. Like there's not a metronome inside. It is a heartbeat. An engine knock or something like that. Yeah. No, like, you know, oh I mean, and that is like it's hard to distinguish between the two. <laughs> That's just we we passed uh. the place where this I mean, and this is the Washington Post, like supposed to be a mainstream media source that's taking these things seriously and giving you fair perspective. What they call a fetal heart. The last time somebody called the Washington Post that. Uh, just right then. I think that's the only time. <laughs> five or six years, so it's a well, fair they point. would call themselves that. They would. Mm-hmm. Demo- democracy dies in darkness. You know. <laughs> yes. So dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's. Listen, I think they write in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> they must. Let's lighten this uh, conversation up a little bit before we go. go back to cake. There, yeah. Oh, back yeah. to cake, please. There was a uh, abortion advocate who was stealing pro-life signs. And um, unfortunately for her, she was a little bit busted. Watch. He has it back. Okay, yeah, I because I got it from you. I moved it 50 I yards. I don't care if you moved it one foot. You don't have a right to take someone's property, okay? Period. I don't care what the circumstance is. You don't have a right to take anyone's property. He was holding it, therefore it was his. And you took it, okay? I know you may not agree with what's being said, but you don't have a right to take someone's property, period. Okay? Okay, All I did was I just walked it over here. I was going to give it back okay, to well, him. I, I didn't know that, man. I didn't know that. I came over here and then you rested against the sign. So listen, we need to make this difficult all the same. Take your back back off. Turn around and put your hand behind your back. I cannot believe this okay, is happening. Right now I'm asking. Or you think that is there something else that I can do? No, I just told you you're under arrest. I cannot unarrest you. I cannot unarrest you. I'm not sure that we do. Oh, poor girl. Maybe she'll learn next time not to take people's stuff. That is the thing, though. It's like it's just very much uh, put out there by the sort of the you know social media world. That I mean, if you're if you're on that left wing mm-hmm. Twitter, you think it's it's all you're gonna do is get praise for that. Yep, it's larceny. Uh, so I mean, hopefully a good lesson for her. She didn't. I mean, she didn't seem like the worst person in the world. Probably just made a bad decision. Wait a second. You guys agree she'd been arrested for that for grabbing somebody's sign? Um, I th- I do think that it's a good lesson. Oh, come on. Well, let's talk <laughs> about. On. Hold on a second. She's a college kid that grabs somebody's sign because an abort is an abortion. I mean, sign? it's yeah. yes. I mean, it's larceny. Like she'll be fine. She's not going to be prevented from getting a job. It's larceny. If she, ex- if she really? explains to them. Can I just say, Go ahead. we are in the in the, the day and age. We finally found something that we disagree on. We have. I, I, and it's a, it's sign stealing. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, you know, during the the Kavanaugh riots and stuff like that. I mean, things got heated and people got up in each other's faces and they were taking their their signs and ripping them away. You see that on college campuses all the time. There are you know pro life people who are out there and uh, nasty people come up and they rip their stuff up. I mean, should there be no consequences to that? I, I think you need to get a stern warning from the police. And, I think and that's then, fair. And then what and if you continue doing it, okay. then we can have a discussion. But she grabbed the sign. 
He's trying to would seem like a civil discussion the first that yeah. first clip, mm -hmm. and then went right from there. Unless you did something in between, I didn't see. Mm -hmm. That was zero to sixty real fast. Yeah, I just think it's a slippery slope of like, how do you, you know. I guess they log in the system, who's had a stern warning and who yeah. hasn't, so yeah. that the next officer knows when they show up on the scene that it's a yeah. recurring problem, uh, that they that, need a that consequence. Was way out, that was way out of what she did not justify being arrested. And I don't care what your position yeah, was yeah, yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, you know, look, I, I think you could, they probably let off 97% of the people who mm -hmm. do something like this, though there is a, there is a, there is, an, I think, an increasing uh, thing out there where it's like, that's just cool to do, and you can just do it because you're right, right? right. Like, you want to go you want to go punch the guy Silence who's got a Trump opposition. hat on? Go, go, go do it. Mm -hmm. it's, it who cares? It, they shouldn't have that, that hat on. And I think a lot of that, now that's a different situation. I know you'd be for an arrest there. But I do feel like that does escalate. Mm -hmm. And it is someone else's property. I would not have arrested them. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there was something else that went on. She didn't seem like... I've seen a lot of people who maybe... Because of the way they, you know, interact with the police, and I can, I, you know what, go ahead, arrest them. She seemed like she was pretty respectful. She made a dumb mistake, but I think more fundamentally, whether she should be arrested or not, is the, the sort of incentive structure that makes that to be a cool thing. Yes. Taking someone's voice away, burning books used to be all kind of thought of as bad, and now it's like, well, if I can get YouTube hits, I should do it. Right. Uh, that is a. Uh, there's Which, a. By the way, I do subscribe that theory. You do? Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> YouTube hits. Is You've totally been probably weird. the victim of, of that sort of behavior. I, uh, I have. Uh, I Many times. So I am sensitive to it. Yeah, the sense yeah. that I have been the victim of it. I, look, uh, again, if if I think if she did that and she was being belligerent to a police officer, and, and again, I totally get that. Yep. But um, I mean, look, uh, I, I mean, I remember having a sign saying I had to do a video where I had a sign that said "I love Hillary" at the DNC, at the RNC, and an "I love Trump" sign at the DNC to see the different reactions were. And and and. Oddly enough, I know you'd be surprised to hear that. People <laughs> treated me quite nicely at the RNC, and they took a picture with me, and they were laughing and joking. <laughs> and at the DNC, people were spitting at me, and it almost got violent, and people surrounded me, and it got, it was, you know, that's different. That, that was a group of people who were mobbing me, who were, you know, who were really about to engage in violence. It's a little, so I'm, I, you know, as somebody who's done that with the sign, yeah. I, 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 similar with the uh, the ISIS flag and the yeah, uh, correct. That was insane. Now look, I would have had no problem if somebody. So I, the video was referring to I was waving an ISIS flag on Berkeley's campus mm -hmm. and the U.S. flag the next day. And if somebody had grabbed the ISIS flag for me and hit me over the head with it, I would have been happy that he did. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> I would give the guy a medal. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody did that. Mm. Well, I'm all for uh, personal responsibility and teaching the younger generation that um, you don't have to silence your opposition. You, you can, like, free speech is actually a thing mm -hmm. that should exist, however they need to learn the lesson. Hey, can I weigh in just really quick on, uh, just, I, I think that... Uh, what, it's your birthday and you just uh, yeah, think just that you can go just into anything keep going? I want, right. Um, no, I, I, I tend to actually agree with Ami on this. Mm -hmm. I, I like the, uh, I, I definitely think that they should have spoken to her and let her yeah. know. There's yeah. one thing, There's it's, you're not, she didn't go out and punch the person. That would have been different. But I, I think cops inject themselves a little bit too much uh, when, when they don't really have to. And that kind of adds a little bit yeah. to the, you know, to what if some she, of the... What if she did it right? Like she saw the cop is standing right there and she goes in front of him and does it anyway. As just, just like an emboldened, like, I don't care about the cops. That's an FU of the cops. Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit different. So that would change the story for a you. Little bit. Okay. A little bit. I'm not sure you get arrested for that. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, there's, there's more of an argument there than, than what she had done. And what we as might find out yeah. here is that uh, this cop wanted to put a scare in her and then didn't. Right, want and to then, yes, her anyway. exactly. It may very well be where exactly. this up. So. Yeah. yeah, but again, I'm not sure there's a legal thing of once I say I arrest you, I can't. I can't unarrest you. you. That's the underarresting sure doctrine. It's, <laughs> it's in the back, on the back of the Constitution. In like really small yeah, print. They, they, in, in, they wrote a pencil. So right it's difficult to see. All right, yesterday's poll should Trump keep imposing tariffs on China? 83% of you said yes, 17% of you said no, Stu. Yeah, you know, I would, I, I'm not a tariff guy, so mm -hmm. I, I would like to, I, but I, when you put Trump in the title, I don't think you get, they're just going to vote on which, which one's Trump's, and they vote on that. I think, yeah. like, that's kind of the reaction of so people, the, because we're, we're in those partisan sort of worlds. I mean, I think if you would ask that, and you said, uh, should Obama keep imposing tariffs on, on China, it would have been completely reversed. No, or what if you said, um, should the United States imposed tariffs on China, which will essentially be a tax to the American consumer, right. and you yeah, explain yeah. how that actually works. Reason does a really good job with polls like that because they'll ask the same questions everyone else is asking, but they'll always just insert the consequences, and, and they will not be like, you know, you were kind of like, oh, and this will screw the economy. They'll keep it very, like, very... Yeah. 
academic in the wording of it. And you see these things. It was Medicare for All was one of them. I think it was them that did, which was like, you know, it comes in at like 80% approval. Uh, but if will it, cost, will it cost you $10 more a month? And it goes down to like 50. And then it will cost you $50 more a month. It goes down to like 10. And it's like, they, they, don't, they don't want it with the consequences. Everyone likes free stuff with no co- cost, right? Yeah. Uh, the question is, uh, you know, if, if it hurts your coverage, if it adds any delays, the, the approval ratings get 20s and 30s. And it's like, you know, when you actually add in the consequences, usually these things change. But I, I'm not surprised on this one. You know, the uh, the front page of the New York Times uh, talked about, it was basically an article saying that that uh, tariffs are now going to be a permanent fixture in the Trump economy. I was like, really? I didn't really, I read the article. didn't say that anywhere. That was the headline. It was literally the headline <laughs> of it. And I was like, there. oh, wow. And I read it. And it wasn't even there. Wow. <laughs> That's Amazing. somehow not surprising at all. Uh, all right, today's poll, which 2020 Democrat will be the first to drop out? Robert Francis O'Rourke, Amy Klobuchar, Ooh. Kirsten Gillibrand, Ooh. or Eric Swalwell? Ooh. Not this guy. I know. I'll tell you that right now. You are now. not on the list here. No way. Me. I got to say, I want it to be Robert Francis, just because that would be no really way. funny, but I don't think it will be. I think it will be Gillibrand out of those. Really? And she's really had Sexist. no impact. It's embarrassing. Had ho- she had first-tier expectations with Excuse no impact. Excuse me. Excuse me. She did a video working out. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. I want to uh, see that. <laughs> she played beer pong. I did see that. With water. She water either. pong. With water. There's been just That's, no. That is impactful. That no is impactful. <laughs> she, I mean, she has to be mortified. Yeah. I'm, I literally raised way more money, way more of his donors than she has the first week. Oh, my she, gosh. Like, wh- by a multiple. Wow. <laughs> That's she only got 65,000. She may not even reach the threshold she's yet. Even it's been over a year. Oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. I'll reach it in four weeks. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Jason. I, I tend to agree. Uh, that's the one that stands out the most. Uh, definitely not anyone like Robert Francis. I mean, I think yeah. he's been wanting to be the, money the guy yes. up on the stage. Yes. And his, so e- yeah, his ego won't let him. Born to do it. Yeah. He's born to oh, do that's it. True. Yeah, that that's true. That was his wording. And Swalwell has much less of a chance of winning than Gillibrand does, but he's in it for his he's, own yes. his own, you know, yes. ego. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's there. Who do you think? Other than not you. And Klobuchar, I think, actually has a, a run in her still. I, I honestly yeah. think Klobuchar will, will have a run at She'll that peak. top tier at some point. She's, yeah. She'll just beat somebody if she doesn't. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> so, I, I'd agree. I, I think Jill Brand, I, I, listen, I think she does not want to do it and she has to because she is so embarrassed as to how badly she's doing. But she, I mean, she's, she's, she's barely even making a mark. At the, she's 1% or less. Or zero in, in, bunch, in a bunch In a bunch of polls. Yeah. So I think, I think she's, uh, she's toast. All right, uh, let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. We'll see you guys. What is it? We'll see you tomorrow. Mm. What is today? Usually Wednesday. My birthday. Oh, uh, well, yes, that's right. <laughs> it's the only, the only way that I knew today. Always on a Wednesday. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.